Well, hello, and welcome to Sips and Sensibility, a podcast where three best friends from college talk about Jane Austen adaptations. This season, we've talked about sense and sensibility, but today we have a very special episode to finish out our season. I'm Julia. I'm Beth. And I'm Lori. Today, we're doing a special Q&A episode, and the questions were supplied by the one and only Sips fans. So thank you to everyone who submitted questions. You all did that over on our Instagram. We're on Instagram at Sips and Sensibility Pod. So be sure to give us a follow so you can interact with us there and tell us what you think about the podcast. Also, please be sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. But before we get into your questions and our answers, I got to know, ladies, what you sipping? Well, I have something that's very normal, but is abnormal for me. And that is a Sprite from Sonic. (laughs) Yeah, I don't drink a lot of soda. So this is just a surprise, fun treat for me tonight. What about you, Lori? Well, uh, Beth found this a couple weeks ago, or I guess maybe your mom did. Um, but I'm drinking a old-fashioned lemonade from House Wine. Wow. Wow. Our favorite. Yeah. Please sponsor me. What about you, Julia? <laughs> okay, so I am drinking something that is very normal for me, but I haven't showcased it here on the podcast yet. You guys, I'm drinking a LaCroix. It's a yep. fancy new flavor that I found at Target. It's Guava Sao Paulo. So I'll let you know how that is. Okay, so as we mentioned in the intro, this is a Q&A episode with all of the questions supplied by our listeners. And we're going to start with a couple of lightning round Jane Austen questions. Mm-hmm. So give your answer. You don't have to explain, just answer. <laughs> That's for me. <laughs> our first question comes from Zarita. And she's asking us, what is the most underrated Austen novel? Lori? Northanger Abbey. Northanger Abbey, I would agree. Totally Northanger Abbey, but in a way, also Sense and Sensibility. I will not explain. (laughs) (laughs) Proud of you. Okay, so our next question is from Emily A. Sexton. Are there any Austin books you haven't read? Go ahead and expose yourself, ladies. I have not been able to make it through Mansfield Park. I've tried. I've been trying. (laughs) It's difficult for me. And then the other one that I haven't fully read is Northanger Abbey. And I fully know I just said it was underrated, but (laughs) that's all for now. I would have to say Persuasion, which Mm. is shocking because it's one of our other friends' favorites. Is that the only one you haven't read? Yeah. Okay. You guys are really going to come for me, but I haven't read Persuasion. Tried to start in quarantine. Couldn't get through it. I am committed to giving it another shot. I haven't read Mansfield Park, Lady Susan, or Sandenton. So, oh wow, yeah, I got a lot. I'm sorry, mm. <laughs> my love is still real. I haven't read Lady Susan or Sandenton either, but I don't know that I. I, don't, I wouldn't classify those. I don't count them. <laughs> okay, so I really just have the two, but I know I have a lot to look forward to with Persuasion. It's a good one. <laughs> so our next question is from Hila G Santos. Is your Jane Austen love something you show in real life or just online? So I kind of have a two-part answer. Now, yes, very much show my Jane Austen love 
all the time. But before we started our podcast, I don't think it was really something people knew about me. What about y'all? Oh, yeah. It gets shown in real life, too. I have a Pride and Prejudice book collection, (laughs) and it's well known. (laughs) Yeah, I think I show it in my real life, and I think I have for a while. The 2005 P&P is my favorite movie of all time, so... That's a pretty basic introductory question that I say all the time. I also have a lot of Jane Austen items that give me away. Well, that leads us into our next question, which is, what is your favorite Austen gift or item? I have a couple Jane Austen puzzles that I love. Um, I'm wearing my Jane Knight sweatshirt again right now, and so is Lori, from Inkwell Threads. And those are probably two of my favorite. And then Ben also got me a really beautiful edition of Sense and Sensibility for our anniversary that is just gorgeous. It's gold and illustrated, and I love all three of those. So for me, my favorite Austin gift, one of them I actually got for Christmas. It was a Jane Austen mug. It's just like this cute mug with lots of Jane Austen quotes on it. And I love that. And then my second favorite Austen item is this anthology that was passed down to me from my great grandmother. So it's just special. And it smells like old books. So a great sense. I would have to say one, this sweatshirt. Um, We are not sponsored (laughs) by them, but it is so stinking soft. Other than this sweatshirt, I would have to say while I was in London, um, I went to a old bookstore and they actually had one of those penguin random house bags um, with the name of books on them. And it looks like a giant, you know, the orange and white penguin random house books. Mm. And it's a Pride and Prejudice one. And I love that little bag. <laughs> it's quite, quite sweet to me. But moving on from some Jane Austen questions for the time being, let's dip our toes outside of our normal waters. Ladies, besides Jane Austen, the real Horn Piper, and Zarita both want to know what are our favorite novels? Okay, so I got a lot of them. (laughs) I am a huge Potterhead and... Hunger Games fan? Is there a name? Tribute. That's right. I'm a tribute. I am obsessed with the Hunger Games in eighth grade. My 13th birthday party was to go see the Hunger Games movie. It was a very big deal. Uh, So Hunger Games, Harry Potter, those series, the Princess Bride book, amazing, incredible, life-changing. I also love the book Paper Towns by John Green. It's maybe not the best written book, but it was transformative for me at the time of my life when I read it. If you have trouble putting people on pedestals, this book is for you. And then very recently, I read a book called Conviction, and it was incredible, you guys. It's about this girl who, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but she solves a murder as she's listening to a podcast about murder. So it was totally up my alley. It's a thriller. It was so good. Check out Conviction, you guys. Ugh. My favorite author is Neil Gaiman. So my and my favorite book is Good Omens, which is by him. That's it's just so good. It's a wild story. It's basically like uh what if an angel and a demon became best friends. There's also a really wonderful story uh or a really wonderful mini series about it from Amazon Prime that I love. And just like Julia, I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Like the story means a lot to me and I love it a ton. 
probably my love for Jane Austen is very similar to my love for Harry Potter. And that like when I read those books, it's like a warm hug and I just really love it. And then this author isn't someone who writes a ton of novels, but I really love C.S. Lewis as well. I like a lot of his his writing and like the Chronicles of Narnia were really special to me when I was growing up. And I've enjoyed some of his other works as an adult. I kind of selfishly excluded Harry Potter because I feel like we all have a unique love and that would be kind of obvious. Um, but yes, I too love Harry Potter. Um, besides that, I would say as a adult woman, <laughs> I like the In Death series by J.D. Robb. It's a 50 plus novel series, may I just say, this woman can write, um, which J.D. Robb is a pseudonym for Nora Roberts. She writes a lot of stuff anyway. Um, but it's a murder mystery um, series that takes place a couple centuries in the future. So it's a little bit sci-fi, but nothing like crazy unrealistic. You know, like it feels like it could happen. Very good. Highly recommend you check it out. And as for childhood things I hold near and dear to my heart and highly recommend to young women everywhere, anything written by Tamora Pierce is great, just coming of age material in general. Wild Magic uh, was possibly my favorite novel for a very long time. But even now, I still go back and read them because they're just great books. Mm. Guys, is it okay if I add an author to my list? I didn't know if he counted because technically he's a playwright. But my favorite author of all time, actually more than Jane Austen, is Shakespeare. So I just felt the need to give him a little <laughs> plug. Love you. Oh, we all love the bard. Okay. My underscore book experience wants to know what homemade snack you munch on while watching a movie series or reading or... We have another response from Helia Santos wanting to know what are our favorite foods, desserts, and if we like sweet or savory items. Personally, I don't make a whole lot of homemade snacks because I'm kind of lazy and one of my favorite snacks is popcorn. And I have like an air popper so I can make it that way or the pop secret home style popcorn is so stinking good. I got Beth hooked on it. It's this year it's great but for the second question i am a huge chocolate person anything chocolate especially dark chocolate right up my alley i will eat it all day every day i'm definitely more of a baker especially i guess of our friend group <laughs> and i make a bomb chocolate cake mm -hmm. if i do say so myself mm -hmm. i for snacks really love chips and salsa I just that's like mm. my go-to for any time that I'm hungry chips and salsa I love uh, salt and vinegar chips and I love popcorn as well Lori got me hooked on that home style popcorn it's so good um I also really love brownies and mint chocolate mm. chip ice cream or cookie dough ice cream or moose tracks ice cream <laughs> really not opposed to any of those um my favorite food has always been such a difficult question to answer but I will say, I've always, for a long time, I've loved chicken tikka masala. And I'm really into making sheet pan nachos right now. Mm -hmm. So those two are really big for me. Love getting some chicken tikka masala when I go out. Um, and I also love making it at home. So I've got 
a couple good recipes for that one. Okay, so snacks-wise, I don't make a whole lot of snacks, but one thing that I love is guacamole. Mm. And the recipe is real simple. Avocados, red onions, Roma tomatoes, lime juice, salt and pepper. You know, you Mm. really can't go wrong with some homemade guacamole. Also, huge popcorn girl. And I mentioned this on the last podcast, but I also love, especially when I'm reading, a home-brewed mug of tea and Mm. some Walker shortbread cookies. Man, those hit the spot. They do. I love a good digestive cookie with Mm. my tea as well. Mm. So good. As far as my favorite foods go, I'm a big sushi girl. Pretty much once a week, Austin and I will, our one takeout order is sushi. We'll do some Philadelphia rolls, some seaweed salad, some miso soup, like just love sushi. But I also really love Italian food, pretty much just anything, marinara, meatballs, chicken marsala, anything Italian I love. As far as my favorite desserts go, you guys, I'm a huge huge dessert person i love cheesecake the godiva chocolate cheesecake from the cheesecake factory is life-changing uh chocolate cherry cobbler oh so good like decadent chocolate things it's funny Lori mentioned her chocolate cake earlier that's actually one of my favorite desserts too she puts a whole Mm -hmm. guinness in it we got to get her to share a recipe for y'all because it's amazing it's so good It is. She made it for my engagement party and it was incredible. So good. And I think Kila also asked sweet or savory. I feel like my answer kind of gave away that I definitely tend to lean towards sweet, but depending on my mood, I can also be a big savory girl. I am a huge fan of salt and vinegar chips and Beth and I ate an exorbitant amount of those when we were living Mm -hmm. together. (laughs) All right. Carly.Shay underscore wants to know if we could be any character in any book, who would it be? My answer is such a cop out, but I'm so in love with and attached to Harry Potter and the universe of Harry Potter that it's hard for me not to just choose that. Like, really, I just want to be myself, but in the Harry Potter universe. (laughs) Absolutely. So Marianne, of course, in Sense and Sensibility, my heart was drawn to that because I feel like we are the same. I I don't know if I could handle it emotionally, though. (laughs) Um. (laughs) But I also, I said, you know, Ginny and Harry Potter, because how can you not? This is book Ginny, you guys, book Ginny. Mm, book Ginny. Mm-hmm. Because she is a, a bad butt lady. Oh, yeah. I also said Lucy from the Chronicles of Narnia. Specifically mm. Lucy, because uh, just to see the world through her eyes, especially in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Mm. So magical. I would have to say uh, Lizzie Bennett. From Pride and Prejudice because I just love her so much and I see a lot of her that I want me to be and I don't know. I just really relate to her. If I can't choose her, then I guess I would choose Diane from Wild Magic. Um, she, y'all, she has animal magic and she can heal animals and talk to them <laughs> and understand what they're saying. So, you know, just the best traits ever. Next question. How did you guys become friends? So I'll start us off and you guys can (laughs) kind of fill in. Um, But Lori and I met in middle school and we became closer in high school (laughs) because we started to bond over shows like Sherlock and Doctor Who. It was wonderful. (laughs) And then, of course, we started to bond over 
friend drama and boy drama and just by the time that we got to college we had a pretty solid um friendship but it was made even more solid by the fact that we ended up being randomly actually ended up being sweet mates which was the most one of the biggest blessings in throughout my whole college experience (laughs) so incredible the best part and then we all met we both met julia our freshman year because we all lived on the same floor of the same building julia and i really bonded kind of the end of our freshman year and during our sophomore year it was over crushes and heartbreaks and it was a difficult time for both of us and it really cemented our friendship yeah i think it's funny because i was friends with these two girls on our halls that we're all still friends with and then beth kind of like wormed her way into our friendship wow don't (laughs) like hear it described that way I don't mean that in a bad way at all, but you just kind of started hanging out with us and I was like, hmm, not sure what to think. And then just all of a sudden, you know, things happened and we experienced, like Beth said, those traumatic moments and it just cemented us. And then Beth and I were literally inseparable for the rest of time. <laughs> so, And then Lori and I did not meet until college either. And, you know, Lori and I knew each other from being on the same hall. But I think the moment that I think of that really bonded us wasn't like our theater classes. It was preparing for spring break. And I think that was our sophomore year. We were preparing for spring break and Lori and another one of our girlfriends, we were going to be riding in the car together. We curated this playlist, had a spa night to get ready for the beach. And then we just hung out the whole week at the beach, like playing games and cards. And then I feel like after that, Lori, you and I were super tight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like Beth and I are high school best friends, middle school best friends, I guess you could even say, Um, which thank all the powers above. Thank you, sweet Jesus, that we were random sweet mates uh, that freshman year because we needed each other. We did. (laughs) You're um, two little fish in a big, big world. <laughs> a big, big world. Um, and then Julia and I definitely had freshman theater classes together. And we were, I mean, I would say we were friends that freshman year. But you're right. And I totally forgot about that spa mm-hmm. night. That car ride was amazing. That is actually, I don't know if you remember this, when you introduced me to John Mulaney. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I can't believe that because... Now he's just such a stable part of our friendship. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. We we quote that man all the time. Love you, John. Mm-hmm. Okay. Josh.Melvin99 wants to know, how do you feel about sharks? What shark is your favorite? And do you feel like you would have a better chance surviving a shark or alligator attack? I just wanted to thank my brother for this immaculate question. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to interact with our Instagram, and I think it's hilarious. So... How do I feel about sharks? Personally, I'm a fan. I'm a little bit intimidated by them, but they're cool. They're pretty cool. My favorite shark, definitely a nurse shark. I went snorkeling once and swam next to this like nine foot nurse shark and wasn't worried about it attacking me because they're pretty docile. So, you know, gotta love a docile shark. So nurse sharks probably for me. And do I feel like I have a better chance surviving a shark or alligator? I would definitely say shark 
because I think there's like a thing where you can hit them on the nose. Plus, I am a, a pretty strong swimmer. Hate running, though. So I feel like if an alligator was close enough to attack me, I'd just be dead. <laughs> um, I, too, like sharks as long as I'm not in the water. If I'm in the water, I try not to think about it too much. Mm. Because then you just start thinking and then it just doesn't end well. My favorite shark is a whale shark because one day I would like to go snorkeling and ride with them on their dorsal fin. Mm. Um, as long as it's okay with the whale shark, <laughs> that sounds like a great time to me. And personally, I think I could survive an alligator attack if mm. only because I could utilize the zigzag running formation, oh, even though I too hate running. Mm -hmm. Plus, alligators are really lazy, apparently. Like, they, like, won't continue or something. I don't know. That's an animal planet fact that I don't fully remember. But sharks are also in water and, like, they have to keep swimming, so they'll keep going. I don't know. I just – I feel like I have a better chance with an alligator. Hmm. Well, I don't think about sharks a lot. Like, I don't really watch <laughs> Shark Week. What? Well, I don't – What? <laughs> I know. It's shocking. Um, Josh is going to be upset because he loves sharks so much. I know. And I know he loves Shark Week. <laughs> also, um, just to clarify for everyone listening, my brother Josh is 21. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to Google types of sharks in order to answer this question properly. I just went with the whale sharks. I think whale sharks are my favorite kind of shark because they seem cool. That's all I got. They're I so chill. Really a lot else to say. Um <laughs> And do I think I would have a better chance of surviving it? A shark attack or an alligator attack? I have no sound evidence like you guys do. I just think that I could survive a shark attack probably. Mainly because I grew up being very afraid of alligators and not so much afraid of sharks. Hmm. Also, I feel like if I don't put myself in a situation where I can be attacked <laughs> by a shark, like I could just be walking down somewhere. An alligator could come out of nowhere and get me. <laughs> a shark can do that. They're much more limited. <laughs> so that is why I feel like I could survive that. Well, that definitely is some sound logic. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. And last but not least of our non-Jane Austen questions, what is your favorite non-Austen film? Now, personally, I really um, had to think about this because the 2005 Pride and Prejudice is my favorite movie of all time. And um, other than that, I don't really have one. So I debated and I thought about it. I really do enjoy the Marvel movies. You know, I'm an action gal. Um, I think Thor Ragnarok is my favorite. So good. Out of all of them. Mm -hmm. mm, I love you, Loki. Um, Non-Marvel, if I'm allowed to do a um, like TV miniseries movie. Go for it. Okay, then uh, it would be The Hollow Crown, the BBC's Hollow Crown. Great Shakespeare adaptation. To, um, um, to Tom Hiddleston <laughs> films, Lori. Oh, gosh. Just call me out, Beth. Just call me out. <laughs> um, and then to exclude Tom Hiddleston, if you must. Oh, is this, a, um, is this Adam Driver now? No, it's and not, did it come actually. <laughs> No. Wow, not the top three. Someone else, not the top three. It would have to be The Decoy Bride. I don't know if y'all have ever seen yes. that. I love it. It has David Tennant in it. It has David Tennant in it. I love that movie. Well, I guess I got to watch this movie now. Yeah, it's really cute. Um, 
it's about a girl who's literally a decoy bride. And it's really sweet. And the ending's heartwarming. And it, it's mm. like a good movie to watch. And it has my favorite doctor in it. Oh, the best doctor. So I had a little bit of trouble with this question, but not because I love Jane Austen movies, but I love a lot of movies. I am a huge mm. movie person. There was a part of me that was like, I almost said the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man because we watched that the other day and it was just so nostalgic, but that's definitely not my favorite movie. Wow. <laughs> definitely not. Just love it. But I think I I gave two options. Either Shakespeare in Love because of my deep abiding love for William Shakespeare. If you haven't seen that movie, watch it. Although it is rated R, so just be careful. There's some nudity. Um, just a warning. But it's, oh my gosh, it's such a good movie. It's about the process of writing Romeo and Juliet and then having the inspiration for Twelfth Night. It's, guys, it's so mm. good. And it has so many iconic actors and actresses. I'm pretty sure it won the Oscar for be Best Picture. So, you know, it's good. And then my second movie is When Harry Met Sally. Just because, you know. I love warm, sappy comedy things. This was also really hard for me to answer because my favorite movie is the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. But I also really love the movie Argo, which won Best Picture. It is very different than most of the movies that I like. I don't know why. I just watched it and I loved it. And I've always said it's one of my favorite movies. And I haven't even rewatched it that many times, but I do like that a lot. And I love the Harry Potter movies, mm. even though I wish wish they were closer adaptations to the book. Those are those are some of my top ones. I loved um, when I was younger, like when I was in middle school. My favorite movie was Wild Child, which stars Emma <laughs> Roberts. It's on Netflix right now, which is why I'm shouting it out because you want like a very comical but yet cute romantic teenagery movie wild child <laughs> it's on netflix it's pretty good well that does it for our non jane austen related questions so let's move on let's dive in deeper and talk about some questions that are related to jane austen and this will be our last section of the episode so ladies tell me which austen character do you relate to most which do you aspire to be more like? And which is your most hated character? I think I can sum this up with three pretty short answers. That would be Elizabeth Bennet, Elizabeth Bennet, and Wickham. Classic choices. So for me, it's going to be no surprise by this time in the season that one of the characters I relate to most is, of course, Marianne. I also relate a little bit to Catherine from Northanger Abbey, just her kind of romantic tendencies and mm. uh, wanting to look for spookiness and things like that. You know, <laughs> I, I relate to her. I got you, Catherine. I aspire, honestly, to be more like Jane, kind and tenderhearted. Mm. And I think the character that I hate most, I had trouble because there's a lot of not great characters. But since we just got off of this season of Sense and Sensibility, man, Lucy Steele, she's the worst. I know, you know, her life kind of, some things went wrong with her and Edward, but man, she just put Eleanor through it. What the heck? And then also, mm -hmm. of course, Wickham. He's just a human garbage can. I relate most to Eleanor. I think also a little bit to Jane. I just thought... I. I aspire to be more like Elizabeth because I want to be more strong and independent than I am. I admire that about her. 
And then for who I hate the most, there's a lot of annoying characters, but I'm going to go with Wickham because PNP was my first. He was my first introduction. <laughs> yeah. He was my first introduction to that like bad guy Austin character for me. Mm. So I would definitely say Wickham is my most hated. Now, I think we're all actually going to have pretty brief answers to this, but the real question, this comes from MDJD pod. The real question, 1995 PNP or 2005 PNP? And when I'm saying PNP, I'm of course referring to Pride and Prejudice. In a short and brief analysis, I will break this down. If you want the most accurate to the book as you can get, go with the 1995. If you want the most beautiful, uh, visually appealing, musically inclined version with like just the right amount of like emotional like stirring abilities that you could ever see go with the 2005 personally for me it's always the 2005 i do enjoy the 1995 though but just like the 2005 has something special to it i own two copies of the dvd and it's on amazon so you know i totally agree I also own two copies of the DVD. I think one of them <laughs> might have formerly been Lori's. Um, I love the 2005 PNP. I love the costuming. I love the beauty of it. At the same time, just like Lori said, the 1995 version gets into the story a little bit more, which I appreciate. Um, yeah, they're both great, but I think 2005 will just always be first and foremost in my heart. So, you guys, I'm obsessed with the 2005 PNP. Beautiful, stunning, amazing. But I have a confession to make. I can't answer this question because I've never seen the 1995 miniseries. Oh, my what? goodness. Please don't hate me. I'm going to watch it. I will. But I'm waiting until we maybe talk about Pride and Prejudice one day. This is a question from Z.E.R.I.T.A. What are your opinions on the two new Persuasion adaptations that were announced? So in case you missed it, they just recently announced um, two different versions of Persuasion that are coming out. And personally, I'm very excited about it. Um, I do think that it's going to be interesting to watch them and to kind of compare the two of them. Mm-hmm. So one of them is going to be modern. And it's going to start Dakota Johnson and the other one is going to be a period piece and that's going to star Sarah Snook. So personally, I'm more excited for the period piece because they haven't done a period piece um, version of Persuasion in a really long time. I'm not super familiar with Sarah Snook. I don't know a lot about what she's been in, um, but I do know that she's a really talented dramatic actress. So I'm excited to see her take on that role. There is just another Modern Persuasion that came out. Um, So I'm a little bit less excited for that one. But also, I'm not the biggest fan of Dakota Johnson. And I'm having a really hard time picturing her as Anne Elliott. Mm. So basically, I'm looking forward to seeing both of them. I just have more reservations about the Modern version. Mm. Yeah, I'm really excited about both of the adaptations. As y'all know, I mentioned earlier, I have not read Persuasion yet, but I'm really excited for the period piece more simply for the reason that they're doing such cool things with period pieces now. I feel like 
every period piece that has come recently has done something unique and cool. Like just look at the 2020 Emma. That was such a unique film, even though it was, you know, it was a normal period piece, but it had just the colors and the music and the comedy. And so I would love to see them do something exciting. And then as far as the modern adaptation goes, you know, I have reservations just because we've recently seen a lot of really bad modern adaptations of Austin films. But Dakota Johnson is a pretty, she's a big name actress. So I feel like this has to be a pretty high budget film. And honestly, you know, she's done some things that I didn't love, but I don't think she would have signed up to do a super, super bad modernized version of Austin. So I think it'll be good. I hope it'll be good. Tentatively excited. <laughs> I think I'm just going to conclude by saying I agree with everything. The recent Jane Austen period piece adaptations that we've watched and, you know, that we all just know and love are normally very good. You normally can't really screw it up, knock on wood, because the directors that they choose normally know what they're working with and the scripts are normally good and, you know, you're taking a period piece novel and making it a period piece. You're not trying to translate anything. I have my reservations with the modern one. However, I agree with Julia. I don't think Dakota Johnson would sign up for anything that would be like so low budget that it would completely epically flop and be horrible. Like it at least would have to be a good movie of an in itself, I guess, mm -hmm. um, you know, independently. So whether it ends up being a good adaptation is yet to be seen. Hopefully it is. We could use a good modern adaptation. But, you know, I don't think it'll be pull your hair out awful to watch in general. Mm-hmm. Well, this next question actually comes from Julia's mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> And I really think that this is mainly a question for you, Julia. So have you ever played any Austin characters before? Well, how crazy that my mom asked that because, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> so in high school, a huge theater person, and I did Shakespeare plays all the way up until my senior year. We got a new director and she was like, you know, let's move on from Shakespeare. But we were all like, what? Because we loved Shakespeare. So she decided to ease us out of it by doing a staged production of Pride and Prejudice. And of course, my heart longed to be Elizabeth, but I was cast as Mrs. Bennett. And one of my best girlfriends in high school got to be Elizabeth. And even though I was disappointed, I loved being Mrs. Bennett. It was so much fun because I just got to be over the top and I would just scream about my nerves. And the guy playing Mr. Bennett was like a really good friend of mine. So I just got to annoy him all day long and I just loved it. So yes, I played Mrs. Bennett in my senior year production of Pride and Prejudice and it was so fun. That's super fun. I always love listening to you talk about getting to do that production. It sounded very special. Um, so this is our, our next to last question, actually, um, which is, do you guys prefer Austin miniseries or movies? So I initially feel like I have to say movies. I mm -hmm. love that you get kind of the coherent one sitting full story with a movie. They tend to be a little bit more maybe aesthetically pleasing, higher budgets. Um, you know, you get the 2005 Print Prejudice, the 1995 Sense and Sensibility. Mm. Those movies, 
honestly, it's very hard to compare them to the miniseries, but I also have miniseries that I love. Uh, the Romala Garai Emma miniseries, it was mm. amazing. You get mm. so much more detail out of miniseries, and I love the detail that they can do and the nuance of the characters that you can see in miniseries. So I think they both have their benefits, but for me, since I'm a huge movie person, I think I'd have to lean towards a movie. I think I'm going to flip-flop from you. Personally, and normally being the exclusive word here, I do prefer miniseries more because of that detail. And they can take more time developing the script and the plot and the characters and those interactions just feel more, I guess, genuine because you see it develop more. Whereas in movies, sometimes it can feel rushed, you lose details, and just it's not as cohesive, I guess, Mm. or it is, but not as in-depth. And personally for me, if I'm going to watch a period piece specifically, I want that depth. I think for me, it's all about to how they divide up the story because I've seen miniseries where the episodes begin and end and it's just like very jarring and doesn't make sense. It's like they did like a five-hour movie and broke it up into segments but didn't think about the fact that you might not watch it all in one sitting, you know? Yeah, I definitely have to say miniseries because I love how much more details you can get and it's it's great for, yeah, for like book to movie adaptations. It's really what you want because you can get all of this extra scenes. Now, it would be awesome if we had a miniseries that had like a higher production quality because normally they don't get like the biggest budgets and the best directors. Yeah. Um, so ideally combining those things would be great. But I definitely love miniseries. Um, a lot of my favorite books that have been taken into miniseries. It's been awesome. Like Good Omens, like I was talking about earlier. I loved that it was a a series because we got to see so many more details. And that's what I've enjoyed about a lot of the adaptations of Sense and Sensibility and Emma that we've talked about. Well, this is our last question of the night, and it's really a great one. This friend also comes from MDJD Pod, and it says, Beth and Julia, choose a Jane Austen couple that's closest to your real-life love story. Lori, tell us about your ideal Austen guy. Julia, why don't you start us off? Sure. So I had to do some thinking about this. I, You know, of course, there was a part of me that wanted to choose... Marianne and Colonel Brandon, but that's not really mine and Austin's story. I think our story Mm -hmm. is probably the closest to Jane and Bingley because Jane and Bingley, you know, they saw each other, they met, they fell in love. Of course, they had the complication of Darcy telling Bingley to move on from Jane and he left for a little while, but he really never stopped loving Jane. Jane never stopped loving him. When Bingley came back for Jane, she just accepted him with open arms. And honestly, that's the closest to mine and Austin's story because we got together and we knew right away and then we got married. We dated for a year before we got engaged and we never really had many issues. I I think the closest comparison to Bingley leaving was just that Austin and I were long distance for our entire relationship. So (laughs) I think our story is definitely the closest to Jane and Bingley. I also feel like Austin's like a major Bingley. He's got a little Colonel Brandon in there, but he's a major Bingley. (laughs) Well, I don't know if this is closest to our personalities, but I think it does fit our love story pretty well, or at least the closest. Um, And that would be Anne Elliot and Captain Wentworth from Persuasion. Anne and Captain Wentworth, they meet when they're younger and there's 
there's some attraction there. They have like a thing. And then they're they don't get together. Time passes. And then later on in life, when they're older, Anna's 27, which was considered like very mature and like almost a spinster, right? Um, when they're older, they kind of come back together and there's a lot of tension and you don't know if they're going to end up together. But anyways, they fall in love. They get married. So I think that that is similar to Ben and I's story because we met when I was actually, when we were all freshmen <laughs> in college and Ben was um, a senior. And I remember he invited me over for pancakes one night. I remember this well. And Julia was like, it's a date. And I was like, it's a date. And I got there and it was definitely not a date. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I think there is a little bit of that earlier on, maybe more on my side than on his side. Um, but then um, like four years passed and it wasn't until, it wasn't quite four years, but a lot of time passed. And it wasn't until later that we, when I was about to graduate, that we kind of reconnected and um i don't know there's kind of some tension there because i had some weird feelings about stuff that had happened like i don't know that i may have had a crush on him when i was younger and it was just like we had changed a lot in those several years and we were both felt like we were different people and so it was a little bit strange in that way like time a lot of time had gone past um but we got past it we reconnected fell in love got married so in that way i think our story is pretty similar. Yeah, that's so perfect for you guys. Thank you. <laughs> As someone who has been on the outside looking in for both of these relationships and has seen them basically from the beginning to the end, not the end because they're ongoing, <laughs> uh, I can concur that these are both great examples. <laughs> Personally, for me, I think we all know I am very single and willing to mingle. Uh, but my ideal Austin guy, just like our podcast bio shouts out, is Mr. Darcy. And let me let me explain to you why. Because any 21st century girl will understand me when I explain the situation. Mr. Darcy, not the most socially apt person. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree. Uh Comes to town, you know, there's some blunders going on, some mild insults thrown, tension in the air, you know, he leaves, comes back, a changed man after Elizabeth Bennett talks to him. The man took the criticism and changed. He saw what was wrong and changed. And not only that, he helped out her family for no mm. reason except his own goodwill. Mm. We stand a great man. It also, you know, just helps the cause that he's supposed to be a dashing gentleman. Mm-hmm. Well, what a good question to end on. Friends, I'm sad to tell you that this is the last episode of season two. And that means that we're going to be taking a break to produce some new episodes and to figure out what our next season and what the future of this podcast will look like. So if you have ideas or questions, things that you wonder about that didn't get answered today, um, or any thoughts like that, you can email us at sipsandpodcast at gmail.com. The three of us, Lori, Julia, and I, that you hear every episode, we fund and produce this show by ourselves. And we do the research, which is movie watching and it's super fun. 
and editing by ourselves. And these are things we're learning and we're enjoying, but they do take a lot of time. And what we want to keep going. Um, we've created a really great audience and we've loved this community that has formed around Jane Austen and talking about these, these movies. So we're going to work on during this break, expanding and exploring some extra things that we can do every week for people um, that may be willing to chip in a few dollars on a regular basis. So if there's things you want to hear more of, or you're willing to just let us know that you might be interested in contributing financially, that's something that we're going to be working on over our break. So reach out and let us know. We would love to hear from you. Ladies, before we go, there's one thing we have to know. How is your drink? Beth, I find your find very good. <laughs> uh, this old-fashioned was very delightful. It tastes like a lemonade, and it's not too sweet. Like You know how the crystal light lemonades can sometimes just be like sugar in your mm -hmm. mouth, and that's it? This wasn't too sweet, and I don't know what they used because house wine – is wine and an old-fashioned lemonade is not made <laughs> with wine so <laughs> i'm kind of confused as to what exactly is in here but it doesn't say liquor so i'm assuming it's wine anyway it was really good <laughs> julia how about you well i'm a big Lacroix gal and as far as Lacroix go i feel like this one was really good the guava sao paulo it tasted very guava-y to me um I'm just going to give a disclaimer. If you're a LaCroix person, I think you'll like this. If you're not a LaCroix mm. person, this probably won't change your mind about LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> My Sprite was good. It's just normal Sprite, but it's so much better having it in a cup. In a styrofoam cup with a straw and ice mm -hmm. makes soda so much better. Um, so I enjoyed that late night sugar boost this evening. Any soda coming from a fast food establishment tastes different and yet better at the same mm -hmm. time definitely sadly now we must say goodbye to another season but we have some exciting things planned so make sure that you keep an eye out on all of our socials we are on facebook at sips and sensibility and on instagram at sips and sensibility pod so until next time keep on sipping y'all <laughs>